You make beautiful things. You make beautiful things out of dust. You, God, you make beautiful things. You make beautiful things out of us. No matter where you're at <clears throat> or what you've been through, no matter how dark and deep the wilderness you may find yourself in or how dry and bare the desert, no matter what you face or difficulties what you've walked through, our God, the creator of the universe, the glorious king of forever can make all things new and he can make beautiful out of right where you are. And if you don't believe that, then you don't recognize how big and omniscient and awesome and all-powerful the triune God that we worship is this morning. We worship him because he is able. Amen. Our God is able. Give him some praise in the house this weekend. See, what the world dumps and what the world destroys, God picks up and he, revive, he revives it, he restores it, and he reuses it. So whether this is your first time, first weekend with us, or whether this is your 50th weekend with us, God has new rivers and new roads that he wants you to walk in this year. God is doing something new in you. He's doing something new through you. And it is an incredible thing. And Isaiah said, actually, it is already springing forth. My question is, my wonder is, as God is springing it forth, will you get in on what God is doing? Because if you've had any readings of the Scripture, you will realize that the masses and the, multi the multitudes missed what God was doing happened in Genesis all the way through the Revelation, and it's still happening today. Do you want to get in on what God's doing? Anybody at all of our campuses this weekend? I want to say welcome to all of our campuses all night. God behind bars. Man, every campus, we love you. We're thrilled that you are with us week, this weekend. God is truly doing something new and wonderful. As a matter of fact, one of the new wonderful things God is doing is at North Knoxville. Now, come on, if you're at North Knoxville this weekend, let, let us hear you all the way over here in West Knoxville. Amen. Here's the deal. We are in a few weeks going to finalize and purchase the campus that our North Knoxville congregation is meeting in. If you haven't been around, amen. About five, six years ago, we launched our North Knoxville campus. 225 people left Pellissippi, and we started meeting. They did in the Expo Center. They, it doubled there, and then we, uh, we found the Trinity Chapel Church building that was just a few miles down the road, and we leased that building with a contract to buy that after two years. This weekend, those 225 people that went over to North Knoxville will be over 1,000 people at that campus this weekend. And so, but what we will do is, in a couple of weeks, by our Constitution and bylaws, all those that are core, we will vote to purchase that. And oh, by the way, we'll write a check for that facility. Because of your generosity, because of Heart for the Harvest and how this congregation is so generous and so faithful, we won't borrow any money. Matter of fact, we've never brought a dime on any other campus except some of the major expansions at the Pellissippi campus. So we will literally, we'll just write a check, $1.74 million, and we'll buy that 14 acres and 40,000 square foot facility that, by the way, if you've never seen it, looks exactly like the Pellissippi campus. It's actually like they built it just for us. So we're really grateful about that. 
And uh, the North Knox folks, and this year, we have nine campuses, more than likely, good Lord willing, before this year ends, we'll be in double-digit figures. We'll launch our 10th campus this year. Well, we're in a series, and actually our theme of the year is New Rivers and New Roads. If this is your first weekend this year, you will want to grab a copy of this. We write a devotion every year. It's, It's free. Just pick it up. Uh, There's a 31-day devotion. You don't have to go back. Listen, start tomorrow on Monday the 15th and then finish, and then February, go back and start one. We write it for you. We're not in the business of selling books, but let me tell you what business we are in. Faith Promise is in the business of helping real people with real problems find real what? That is what we do. So grab one of these, and and I want to tell you what I love about January, the 21-day fast, and the book that we write for you is that we we get on a journey together day one of a brand new year. And I want you to, the key word is together. We live in a world that's never been more connected, and people have never felt more alone. You are not alone. You say, this church is big. You are not alone. We've got a small group for you. We've got a place for you. You are a part of a family. This is not an institution. This is not organized religion. This is a bunch of people that love Jesus and love each other. Say, hey, we're going to do life together. And so you're not alone. Get in and get on. It's incredible. Our theme, New Rivers and New Roads, comes out of Isaiah chapter 43. Do not call to mind the former things or ponder the things of the... This is just the bottom line, gang. These two lines right here, this is what is keeping people from what God wants to do in their life. Because you failed in the past, you've blown it, you tried to lose weight last year and you didn't, so you're not even going to try this year. Things didn't work out in the past, so you don't think it'll work in the future. So God says, do not call to mind the former things or ponder the things of thee. For behold, I will do something. Now it will spring forth. Will you not be aware of it. Can I just tell you, if you go look at my journal, and I'm using a New Rivers and New Roads journal, if you go and you look at my journal the past five or six weeks, my great cry out to God is, God, do not let one promiser miss what you're doing. Would you meet him in the fast? Would you meet him in the devotion? Would you meet him in the, in the Bible reading plan? Would you meet him in small group? Would you meet us in corporate worship? I am so concerned that people will not be aware of what God is doing. The Pharisees, who, were, who knew the whole Bible, had it memorized, the whole Old Testament, who got up every morning and said, Yeshua, and said, Jehovah God, would you send Yeshua, Hamashiach, would you send the Messiah? We are tired of being enslaved by the Romans. Send the son of David to rescue us. Every day they prayed that prayer. And God sent Yeshua. And, G- and Jesus was right in their midst, raising dead people, opening blind eyes, curing lepers, preaching the gospel, and you know what they did to him? They killed him. Now, if the Pharisees can be that blind, how easy would it be for us to miss what God is doing? So you read the Bible, most people missed it. Now, if you missed last weekend, go online, go to our app or website, all those, go back and, you know, because you want it, we, we began to dissect this passage of Scripture. Go back and, and look at last weekend or go get a free DVD or CD at any of our campuses at the Resource Center so that you will be up. But last week we talked about Isaiah's audience in Isaiah 43, and he is preaching to an exiled Israel. They have been overtaken in a war by Nebuchadnezzar and have been carried off to a far land in Babylon to the north. Now, and if you're watching the news, you will see Israel is still being 
the people all around them. Are you with me? And if you travel the world, you keep up with missions or you see world news, anti-Semitism is on the rise globally. They, they, they really would love to set up for another Holocaust. As part of the world says the Holocaust never even happened. But let me challenge you with something. Listen, I don't care what political persuasion you are. I don't care if you're a Democrat or Republican, independent. I don't care. But if you're listening, say I am. Do not let your political bent shape how you see the scriptures. Are you with me? The Bible says those who pray for the peace of Jerusalem will be blessed. And do not let your political suasion make you get with the masses who are turning against Israel, which is God's ultimate time clock for eternity. Are you with us? America's not God's time clock. Israel is. And the end time things are shaping up. So don't let your, don't let your, your political worldview shape what the Word of God says. Long before there was America, a Republican or Democrat, there was a God, and he wrote a book, and it's called the Bible. Amen. It is infallible and, errant and fully in, inspired by the Spirit of God, so don't miss it. So, but, you know, 3,000 years ago, Israel sinned. They, they forsook God. They forsook the Sabbath, and they began to worship idols, and so God allowed Nebuchadnezzar to come in and take them. They were condemned, they were conquered, and they were carried away. Now, let me ask you, with 8,000 people this weekend, do you think there's some people condemned, conquered, and carried away by circumstances and sins in their lives? They feel condemned, feel guilt. They've been conquered by a besetting sin, something they cannot seem to overcome, and they're carried away. And some of you, your life is literally being swept in a direction. You're saying, I don't want to go there. If you're dealing with drugs and alcohol and so many things, you're, you actually don't want to be where you are, but you're trapped and carried away. I'm telling you, God wants to set you free in the name of Jesus. New rivers and new roads. So while Israel is over in the north country in Babylon as slaves for Nebuchadnezzar and his son and then the king Cyrus of Persia, God says through the prophet, this is all of the part of the plan. I know you're captives. This is a part of my plan. And so what, what God says to the people is this. Don't look back to what got you here. Look forward to who will release you and set you free. See, the, the answers is, uh, are not in our past, they're in our future, they're in our present. God's name is not I was, God's name is I am, amen? Now, here's what we get to do. We can learn from our past, but we are never to live in our past. If you drive your car looking at the rearview mirror, you are going to crash and die, right? Rearview mirror is where you've been. Now, when I was in India, listen, 18 lanes one way going in to the city, we were 18 lanes one way. But they actually made it 32. It's incredible. And in India, what I learned is if it's behind your side view mirror, it doesn't matter. They never even looked. They just, if there's nobody there, I turn. Everybody knows behind, it's time. See, for us, we, we look in the rear view. Man, listen, look out the front. Are you with me? Man, God is taking us. God is doing something new. He is providing new roads out of wildernesses, and he is providing new river. The new road is carrying us up to the vision. It's going upward. The river, rivers always go down. They always go, you know, through gravity. They are God's provision so that we can follow God's vision. So my question is, hey, what are you looking for God to do in 2018? What, what are you looking for in your personal walk, in your ministry, in your small group, in your finances, within your health, within your family? What are you looking for God to do? And you know what? If, well, there are a lot of people, if we just did a survey going out, a lot of you say, I'm nothing. 
And guess what? I got good news. You're going to get that. Be it done to you according to your faith. You're not looking for anything great to happen. It's probably not going to happen. Are y'all out there? Come on. It's, what are you looking forward to? Last year, they did a survey of all the Americans, or the people they surveyed, that, that, that did New Year's resolutions. 48% of the, 41% of the people that made resolutions, they, about half the people that did it achieved, they, they, they got what they resolved. The people that didn't make resolutions, didn't set goals, the people that did are 10 times more likely to achieve what they set out than those that don't. But because we failed at New Year's resolutions in the past, because we've set some goals and we've not achieved those goals, we say, well, there's, because I failed in the past, I'll probably fail in the future, so there's no reason for me to even try anymore. Come on. Do not call to mind the former things or ponder the things of the past because they will hinder what God wants to do today. Does this make sense? It's just what happens. God is challenging. He's challenging the Israelites. He's challenging us to something new, something different, something more he wants to do in you and with you and to you and through you. We're not looking back. We're looking forward. Now, if you're in the Bible reading plan at the end of this devotion, a few days ago, we read about Lot and the angels taking him out of Sodom and Gomorrah. And the angels said, by the way, don't look back. Who looked back? Lot's wife. Did it go well? No, it did not go well. Jesus said, anybody who puts his hand to the plow and then looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. We are a forward-marching army of faith, believing God to do greater things. Anybody with that? Can anybody believe that with me? So the Israelis that, that Isaiah is writing to, they all knew the history of the deliverance of Egypt. And, and, and so now the audience is once again in another nation, trapped in Babylon. So they got all that was going on. You say, well, Pastor, why does that 3,000 years ago ancient history, why does it matter to us today? Why do we study the Old Testament? Why do we? I'll tell you. If you're listening, say, I am. Because since the Garden of Eden, people are people. I don't care if you're black or you're white or you're yellow or you're brown. I don't care if you're Asian, Hispanic, Russian, European, American. It doesn't matter. People are people. Every one of us was born with a bent to sin. If you don't believe that, have a kid. They are rotten to the core, except my grandkids, but my children were horrible. You see, they, and they have a bent to, we all have a bent to sin, and we have a bent to walk away from God, not to God. So as you study the Old Testament, you see that over and over and over, you realize, oh, wait a minute, that's what I do. God put that there for a reason. That's the way that, that's the way that I respond. And so, what, so it reminds us, Paul says in Philippians, for our citizenship, anybody here saved? Does anybody here know Jesus at any campus? Come on. Okay. When you got saved, your passport got stamped in the blood of Jesus, heaven. So now you're a citizen of heaven. You're just passing through earth. This is not our home. This is just a place that we're passing through. We're just a guest. Our citizenship is in heaven from which also we eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said in John 15, he said this, If you were of the world... The world would love its own. That means that we're not of the world, doesn't it? And yet, do we smell like the world? Do we look like the world? 
Do we act like the world? Uh-huh. But because, but because you were not of the world and I chose you out of the world, because of this, the world hates you. The reason that the America is now ignoring the church is we're not shining enough light to bother anybody. The, the darkness has always hated the light because its deeds are evil. We're not shining enough light into that darkness to make a big enough difference for them to even hate us anymore. So the same problem with Israel, as they walked out of Egypt smelling like Egypt, they walked out of Babylon acting like Babylon, and here we are not of the world acting like the world. Is that right? Come on, I will come to your house this afternoon. Is that right? And the problem has always been the same, and it is this. The problem is that which is foreign has become too familiar. That which is foreign, Egypt, Babylon, the world, has, it has just become way too familiar for us. They did what we are now doing. All right? We don't want to make the same mistakes, so let me tell you what they did. They allowed society instead of Scripture to shape how they saw the world. But would you all agree with that? That's what happened to Israel. They came out of Egypt, brought the gods, came out of Babylon, brought their gods, acting just like the people who had subjected them to slavery. And now who we are, we know the world. We're not supposed to be of the world. And yet most of us are more discipled by our biological family than our small group that we're now a part of. Most of us are more shaped by society than we are by Scripture. Most of us look more like culture than we do the Christ that we bowed our knee to. Is that a fair statement? So see, we have to realize what's going on if we're going to not walk new rivers and new roads. See, why did they walk out of this slavery? Why? Why? Because they became what they were surrounded by. And we forget that God's ways are not our ways, that God's thoughts are not our thoughts. Remember, let me show you what they said to Moses after he went and got him out of Egypt in Exodus 12. Is this not the word that we spoke to you in Egypt saying what? Leave me alone, Pastor. Quit telling me there's a new river. Quit telling me I ought to get in the Word of God. Quit telling me I ought to pray. Mama, Dad, would you just leave me alone? Have y'all ever said, leave me alone? You better. They tell Moses, who's rescued them from 400 years of slavery, leave us alone that we may serve God, the Scriptures, that we may serve who? The Egyptians, we want to serve the world. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. Now, wait a minute. If you're listening, say I am. They were killing the baby boys, feeding them to the crocodiles. Genocide and slavery were the name of the game, and they said, we'd rather go back and be a part of that than what God is doing. And I'm going to tell you, that has infiltrated the church in America. Because again, Egypt brought back the, Israel brought back the gods of Egypt, the star of Rophi and all those gods they worship. They brought back the gods of Babylon. But was it because Babylon was more hip, more with the times, more progressive? I mean, after all, the Bible's a really old book, and we're modern. We're 21st century. We're not ADBC. Come on, things weren't so bad. Here's the deal. you got to get this. Are you ready? I know you're not supposed to think in church, but wake up. Wake up. Here we go. The world is set up to distract you from God. It's set up to distract you. How? I'm so busy, I gotta go to work, gotta go home, gotta go to the ball game, gotta get ready for Christmas, gotta put the tree up, gotta take it down, gotta, 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 gotta. We run, 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 because if we're really busy, we think we're important. And the world is really busy, so we gotta be really busy, so we run, 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 and we come to church and we say, I didn't think about God all week. 
Why? Because I'm distracted. See, the world wants to distract you. It wants to detour you from the new rivers and new roads, and it wants to delay anything that God wants to do in you. Let me tell you what's happened. Again, are you thinking? Are you thinking? In the last 50 years, America has gone from honoring the Sabbath to completely forsaking it. When I was a kid, you couldn't go anywhere on Sunday except the hospital. Nowhere. The only thing open, police, firefighters, and hospital. Emergency, that was it. You couldn't drive anywhere. There wasn't a gas station open in America. There wasn't a restaurant open in America. There was nothing open. Are you with me? Nothing. There was only three stations on TV. Three. Young adults, you're just not going to believe this, but there was an America with three stations. And the TV went off at midnight after Johnny. Y'all remember that? Here's Johnny. And then when that went off, they did the Star Spangled Banner. And then you didn't have to cut it off. The TV did this poop every night. Why? Because we had things called pitcher tubes. This is before remote controls. You had to go over and pull a knob out. It would go thunk. But nothing was on the TV. It took five minutes to warm up the tubes. You say, God, life must have been horrible. Because if your iPhone doesn't light up and you can't control the world right here, you're furious. But see, so the, the only thing that you could do on Sunday in America was go to church. And then it slowly shifted. It shifted to where things were open. And now the only restaurant that's closed on Sunday is Chick-fil-A that makes more money than all the other restaurants that are open on Sunday. Oh, wow. Is that weird? Huh? So odd, isn't it? Oh, no, if I work seven days a week, I'll get more. No, because you work without God rather than with God. See, so, 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 you, so we, when, if, if, when I was a kid, if you went to church, how many times, not a month, get this, young adults, how many times a week did you go to church? Hold it up. Three. Are you kidding me? Were you people just over-churched? Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and the faithful went to visitation. Now, we did away with Sunday night, did away with Wednesday night, did away with visitation, did away, did away, did away, and now we come one twice a month. What's happening? We're, we're, just, we're just drafting into the world. Are you, does this make sense? We're drafting into the world just like Israel did. God said, I got new rivers and new roads. See, this reason we're asking you to commit to come 36 weekends this year, because many of us don't. And this is, you say, how do you know? Because the average check-in for kids is 1.3 times a month. And we're, we're trying to figure it all out. I'm still not even sure. Have you ever heard of the Stockholm Syndrome? It's where you get captive, you get taken, and then you begin to identify with your captors. See, that's what happened in Israel and Egypt and what happened in Israel and Babylon, and it's what's happening today to the church. We have, we're experiencing spiritual Stockholm Syndrome. We now identify with the culture more than we identify with Christ. We are more in sync with society than we are with Scripture. You think I'm wrong? You know, go read the Sermon on the Mount that we just read last week in our Bible reading plan and see if the Beatitudes define you or if it's the ways of the world that define you. Does this make sense? Yeah, but come on, it's progressive, it's modern. Don't we know more than that? See, that's what we think, that we're smarter than God. You okay? You okay? Come on, y'all with me? You look like you're in shell shot. Come on. I've been on a cruise. I'm fired up, man. I'm ready to bring the heat this weekend. 
Y'all been stuck in the cold. You should have gone to the Caribbean with me, baby. It was nice. So here's the deal. We are more connected to our iPhones than we are to our children. How do you know that? Because the suicide rate among teenagers has skyrocketed. Doubled with girls, up 30% in the last 10 years with males. Are you, you kidding me? Absolutely. We live in the most enlightened sexual society in the history of the world. There's more sexual harassment, more sexual abuse, more of that going on. Have you watched the media lately? And I love that all the people of Hollywood who are casting expressions are us are the ones that have been doing it. Just crazy. We've now read, God said that a family was a man and a woman, but we said, no, we're smarter than God. It's whoever wants to live together and get married. Don't we? Come on, because we're smarter than God. We live in the most open-minded society in the history of the world, and yet we've never been more divided by race, by economics, by religion, by politics. We're divided by everything. We live in the most prosperous world in the history of the world, and yet there's homelessness and poverty, and every day 22,000 boys and girls are put in a hole in the ground because they have died from starvation, malnutrition, from dehydration, or diseases that we cured 50 years ago in America. Every single day. Wow. Is it possible? Are you thinking? Are you thinking? Is it possible that this world is a dead-end street? Is it just possible? Because I know that my life was a dead end street before I met Jesus. How about your life? See, this is what the world will do. The world will have us wandering in the wilderness and wanting in the wasteland. It'll promise us if you buy this and do that. I just love beer commercials. They don't sell beer. They sell friendship. Because if you buy beer, you'll be on a beach with a fire with four girls in bikinis. See, they're not selling beer. They're selling something that people want. Does this make sense? Now, the deal is God said, I'm going to do something new. He's already doing it. The question is, will we be aware of what God is doing? It won't be looking back to our old ways and the old days that will take us where we need to be. It will be looking into the Word of God and the new rivers and new roads. God is providing new rivers and new roads to grace and greater purpose for you this year than in any time in your life if you will just get in and get on it. Does that make sense? And there's a, there's a card. We gave them out last week, but they're in your seats. Come on, let me see them. Give me a wave. Give me a wave offering. Okay, we're asking you to do seven things this year. Some of you have done a ton of them. That's easy. Number one, get in the water. If you've given your heart to Jesus and you have not followed him in believers' baptisms but since you gave your heart to Jesus, quit being ashamed. Go public. Take the communication card right now. Right, I need to be baptized. Just go ahead and fill it out. Number two, get in the word of God. Get in the Word of God. It is your weapon. Do the, get, do the 31-day devotion. Do the Bible reading plan the end. Every day we're reading the same passage. We're fasting. We're praying for each other. We're believing God. Man, get in on the Word of God. Number three, get in on the weekend. Be faithful. At least 36 weekends this year. I'm going to be, some of you, that's easy. Others of you, man, that you, can't even, you can't even conceive. That's basically only missing one a month. See, when I was a kid, if Junior got sick, mom or dad stayed home and the rest of us came to church. Not today. If Junior's sick, your family, your grandparents, your cousins, everybody's got to stay home. Does this make sense? It's not for me. Guys, those that are planted in the house of God will flourish. We're out there in a world that's a dead-end world that's trying to tractor beam us away from God. You've got to have some positive input. 
Get in the Word. Get in on the weekend. Get in a group for Bible study, for discipleship. It's how we train. It's how we equip. Get in a group. You say, I don't have time. Cut the TV off. Okay, it's sucking our brains out. Are you with me? Cut it off. Get in ministry. I've never served before. Great, it's going to be a new road you're going to walk. And God's going to bring a new river to to help you do it. You say, but I'm afraid, folks. I do stuff in ministry I'm afraid of all the time. All the time. Christmas Spectacular made my stomach hurt. Are you crazy? No, I knew people were going to be mad about it. And when I know I'm going to do something that's going to make y'all mad, I, I just say it doesn't bother me, man. I'm, my stomach's hurting. I've churned up. Now, 266 people said yes to Jesus. Are you with? But, man, I, when I preached in a Grinch suit, when I drove a motorcycle in the building and couldn't make the turn and almost crashed in front of everyone, my stomach was hurting. We make decisions. We change things. Happens all the time. Come on, get in ministry. Are you afraid? Great. Your faith will grow. Get in on generosity. Are you giving? Come on. It's clear Bible all the way through. Get in on generosity and get in on others. I'm asking you to bring six people this year, 52 weekends. Six of them are huge bring people weekend. The first one that's coming is a preach off on, on, on Super Bowl. Last year, there was a little travesty of justice, which we may have to recompense this year, but I'm not going to mention what happened last year, but we're going to have a preach the first weekend. Listen, if all 8,000 of us bring six people this year, that's 48,000 people far from God. Y'all think we can see 1,000 people give their heart to Jesus, follow him in believer's baptism, become disciples of Jesus? Is that possible in, the tw- in 2018 when America's again? Come on! Man, we can see it. Now, I'm going to now keep these cards because I'm going to come back to these cards all year. I'll remind you, just make a commitment. Does that make sense? It's what got, listen, just step in, get in, and get on. Now, some of you are at a dead-end road now. I was at a dead-end road the day I met Jesus in the hospital after an overdose. Come on. It's time for you to walk a new road, have your sins forgiven. You feel conquered and condemned and carried away. It's time for you to get on the God road. I don't know about y'all, but I am thrilled to live on the God Road. Any satisfied customers this weekend at any of our campuses? So, so if you're ready, with every head bowed and every eye closed, all of our campuses, would you pray this prayer with me? Would you just, we're going to pray it out loud. Dear Jesus, I know I've sinned. I am so sorry. Forgive me. Come into my heart. Be my Lord. You died for me. I will live for you. Help me walk your road. Help me drink from your river. I will obey you, not this world, in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, come on. It's been good to be in the house of God this weekend. Come on. Man. So if you just opened your heart up and you just gave your heart to Jesus, take the communication card out, 
Fill it out. Give your name, cell phone, email. Check the box. I prayed with the pastor. If you're online, you can click the box right there. We will follow up. Put in the offering bucket that are going to come in a couple minutes. Just put it in there. Listen, because there's a next step. There's a new level. There's a place God wants to take all of us. New rivers and new roads are not just for new believers, but we've got people here that have been serving God their whole life or, or since they got saved at a young age. Man, it is new. His mercies are new every morning. Our God is awesome. So I want to challenge you. Be here. Amen. Next week, we're going to look at the prophet Haggai, which said, consider your ways. I can't, I'm so, I can, oh, my mercy. So, are y'all right? So, is that, does that make sense? All right. Okay, that's still. Okay, now, it's preach off. It's coming. Don't miss it. Campus pastors, you guys take it. And, uh, man, we love you. We'll see you guys next weekend. Now, as we get ready to, we get ready to give. And give is an act of worship. It's just, and some, you know, bunch of you gave online this week. And you say, it's just a click and it's this. Listen, when you give, you bring your tithes and your offerings and you lay them at the feet of Jesus. Not at the feet of Chris, not at the feet of Faith Promise. You lay them at the feet of Jesus say, God, this week you blessed me. I had a job, I got money, and I gave you back the, I brought you back the first 10%, and I'm laying it at your feet. And some of you, some of us give more than that. And you say, I just love you. I'm grateful to you, God, and I trust you, God. And I'm not, I haven't bought into the lies of this world that if I just get more, I'll be happy. But I bought into the law of God, so I surrender everything up to you. So, God, would you take this offering, would you break it? Would you bless every giver across all of our campuses? Those that are online, God, would you bless that? But would you take the offering and would you use us, God, to help real people with real problems who do not know because they bought in, they're on a dead-end road. They don't know of the freedom that you give. So, God, would you move in this time of worship? God, we believe it and we receive it. And in Jesus' name we pray it. And all God's people said, come on, give God a shout of praise as we begin to give.